It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome on Facebook and Instagram at The Mike Novak Show and at Mike Now on Twitter. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. Good planets are in the main Go ahead, just keep dancing. That's what it's all about. No, it's fine. I think I think that's uh, what we're going to do today. Uh, you know, because your camera's working, the computer's working for now. Let's uh, for now. Now it's knocking on something here. Um, the internet, it's connected to the internet. That was part of the problem this morning. It just wouldn't connect. The computer bone's connected to the internet bone. The internet bone's connected to the modem bone. The modem bone's connected to the uh, something. The, the tower bone, <laughs> whatever. Hey, everybody, good morning and uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Uh, I'll, you know, it's a good thing Rick's not here because he would be complaining about me singing. Uh, you know, Does every, he? Uh, he did in last show, or, or I think it was the last show. Um, but he's, he's, he has sung on the show. I, you know what? He has a double standard, apparently. So, uh, and uh, besides, as, as we all know, uh, with my group, uh, the Caroling Group, the Frozen Robins, our, our, our best-selling album, our best-selling CD is the one titled Everybody Cries When We Sing. So, um, that's, uh, what, you don't get, you're, you're like, no, Help no, me. followed by the reprise, Far, Far Away. Um, yeah, something like that. And there the you refrain go. from singing. Exactly. So uh, uh, today, folks, is uh, going to be a little different. Um, as I put in the uh, the no. blog, yeah, no. yeah, we never do anything the same way, uh, except <laughs> except when we do. Um, and um, when I was doing the blog post, um, uh, I I was trying different titles to please the the C not the CEO, uh, the, uh, the SEO SEO gods which is search engine optimization. Um, anybody ever done, done a blog post knows all about that or has it done a website knows all about that and hates it. Um, but uh, so, you know, the what I've used for those uh, spots we run for the Frozen Robins is uh, John Cleese. Uh, and I typed in, uh, and now for something completely different, and he gave me like an 85 rating. I went, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving it. Okay, so SEO likes that, uh, likes me stealing from Monty Python. 
So that's, <laughs> that, that absolutely works for me. So, um, this week here, here's kind of what happened. It got to be the holiday week, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving and, it's the um, holiday season. Hey, hey uh, 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 uh. no, that's fine. Go ahead. What, what was that? <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, like everybody, um, I took a couple of days and really chilled. Uh, and I thought, you know what? I, I don't want to book any guests. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to work. I don't want to work hard. I don't want to. Exactly. Sometimes I just go, I don't want to. This is like this, this, uh, this weight of doing this show. And I, you know, and I folks, folks, so what do you do the rest of the week? Uh, don't ever say that to me in person. Okay, please just don't. Um, because this is what I do. And I thought, you know, let's just, let's just relax. Let's just have some fun. Well, let's, um, get into the holidays here. Everybody else got to do it. Right. Let's, let's drink our coffee here. Mm -hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Actually, this one's now empty so I can go back to the regular one. This this is, this is always the overfill where there's a little bit left. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and, and then I thought, you know what? I've got some friends who have done a couple of lovely CDs uh, of, of Christmas music, of how hol- actually not just Christmas, but holiday music, mm-hmm. uh, because Hanukkah starts this evening tonight, um, and uh, we'll play uh, a Hanukkah song as well. So we're going to be playing uh, some tunes from my friend Bruce A. Henry. Who's um, watching right now with? Oh, oh and I. Oh, that's great! I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Oh, yeah. There's Sandra and Bruce, and good morning to uh, everyone. Good morning, uh, Carol. Watching uh, I, from Glenview. I do my own good morning here. I, I had that ready to go. The problem with the the restream is you can't actually send it until we're actually live. Um, and uh, and also, I hope our friends are listening. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, I got uh, I interrupted myself there. Uh, Br- Bruce Henry is a, a, a marvelous singer. He he performs in a lot of different genres: uh, jazz, pop, R and B, soul, funk, gospel, and contemporary, and even Xmas carols and Xmas songs or holiday songs. Um, and he just released his own CD, which is. I'll be home for Xmas. Oh, wait, it says Christmas. Um, and it's got a lot, little bit of everything on here, a lot of great arrangements. So mm-hmm. we're going to do a little bit of that today. Uh, and then also, I hope our friends are listening in Hartford, Connecticut, Judy Handler and Mark Levesque. Um, they are a, um, a husband and wife uh, duo who play guitar and mandolin, and they they work with other artists, flute and other instruments and just do amazing stuff. And they did uh, an Xmas CD last year. Mm-hmm. And that's this, Oi to the World. I mean, joy to the world. Uh, the old jokes are the best. Um, but today... Well, let me know when I start hearing them. Um, oh, ow. Okay, you know, I can just sh- I, I can just shut off your camera. I can just shut off the microphone. It's really easy here. Um, so uh, we're going to play a little both, but but before before we do that, I have to tell you that 
Um, I was doing something yesterday that you're going to hear about right now. Yeah, and I, I kind of hope that uh, Ron Calgill is watching uh, from a Mighty House Home Improvement Show. I love Ron. Ron, you're the best. Uh, the only thing wrong with you is that you, you root for Ohio State. Um, and and you got to give me this one because I only get to celebrate about once every nine years when it comes to uh, Ohio State. So those of you who know anything about fit, football, watched the news, you probably saw that Michigan and uh, Coach Jim Harbaugh, uh, the, uh, the snake bit, most snake bit coach in college football, beat Ohio State. I just. You know, I, I, I got it because it's Ohio State. What's that? I got a cheer. You know, it's hard to cheer for Michigan, but I got a cheer because you beat Ohio State. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and I, I've never understood that, that whole thing about why people hate Michigan so much. Kathleen thinks it's uh, because uh, they're kind of considered the Harvard of the Midwest, just like Northwestern is, which would be another reason for people to hate Northwestern. But uh, um, who Sorry. knows? Of course, you guys had a, <laughs> you guys had a rough day yesterday. So uh, that's something I had to play. Rough season. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a rough season. For you. See, and, and we're the polar opposites here uh, with the seasons. And and you know what? It, it, that might be the last game Michigan wins this year. I don't care if they beat Ohio State. Let's work. <laughs> hey, even, even even that, what, what are they called? The the Bears one? The the Bears one? You mean? Yeah. Bears. yeah I mean, even, even the Bears one. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, right. On Thanksgiving. Oh, that. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, I was pulling for Detroit. All right. I was, pull, I, you know. This is the problem. Whatever, whichever team I root for usually is not going to be the one to win. I feel so sorry for Detroit. They're going to have probably a, a – they probably won't win a game this season. So <laughs> so that's that's our football talk for uh, for today. Uh, the, we'll just get that out of the way right this second because there's, there's more important stuff that we have to do. Um, we are going to discuss um, – uh, a few uh, environmental articles. We I, I put a bunch of them mm-hmm. on the blog post. Go to mikenovak.net. We're going to go through some of these, like a Christmas tree shortage, a a holiday pie shortage. What? What? Are you kidding me? Um, uh, are those, yeah. They were claiming there's a huge cranberry shortage, which I don't know that there was, but we'll see what happens with the, the holiday pie shortage. Oh, well, speaking of... Uh, cranberries i'm going to show you a couple of photos this was uh this was a holiday uh the holiday dinner thanksgiving dinner shay novak thompson um and uh we had we had a a a a small very small turkey there um organic uh, just in case anybody like cares, some asparagus there, some, some asparagus, of, some m- mashed potatoes, your famous mashed potatoes, my famous mashed potatoes. But see, we took this photo before the dinner, and it didn't show the most important part of the dinner. So I had to go back. Okay, look in the lower right corner. Yep. All you see okay. there is napkins 
and silverware. Uh, I'm looking for the pie. Your, uh, the pie was not there. We moved it off the table. Um, oh, Kathleen, send me that uh, photograph of the pie if you're listening upstairs. All right, so the, the most important was not there. So I'm going to go to this other shot and bring in, yes, there it is. Bum, bum, bum. The cranberry sauce in a can. See, we started eating. I went, oh, wait, wait, wait. We didn't We didn't get a shot of the cranberry sauce in a Thank can. Thank you, Bob Benenson. Thank you, Bob Benenson from a Local Food Forum who reminded us of this. And I have to tell you, I had cranberry sauce uh, for dinner on Thanksgiving. I had it for breakfast the next morning. I had it for lunch the next day. Cranberry sauce from a can. There's nothing like If you grew up with it, there is Nothing like it at all. And <laughs> I understand at your dinner, there was cranberry sauce in a yep, can there, there as were, well. There were two cranberry sauces in a can. Yep. And two. there was also some cranberry, cranberry jello mold. So there was cranberries for all. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, all right. So th- that uh, one more thing we have to get out of the way because we are getting to uh, the holiday season here. And it, this is a, a tradition on the Mike Novak so, show. So, folks, bear with us as we do this. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, make it so, make it so, make it so man it doesn't show signs of stopping and i brought me some tea gray hot the <laughs> lights are turned way down low make it so make it so make it so when we finally kiss good night how i hate going out in the storm but if you really shut up wesley <laughs> all the way home i'll be warm Oh, the fire is slowly dying. And I, dear, we're still goodbye, Ben. But as long as you love me, so make it so. Make it so. Make it so. All right, the little Hello, plug. I'm James Covenant. Thank you for watching my video. I would like to announce a very special project. I'm developing my own video yeah, game. James Covenant, it's 2014. It's a puzzle platformer called Black White. Okay. Black White is founded mm-hmm. on a unique okay, game frame mechanic. We, we, okay. We, 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 thank we, you, James. The color of your thank character. Thank you. Thank you. No, Either no, no. Black it's okay. okay. We gave you All the right. plug. So, so Nancy Bender, you say you still find it dreadful. Why? Uh, Tell us why you find it dreadful. What find what dreadful? I presume uh, it's make it so. Uh, or maybe she means cranberry sauce in a can. Could That's be. what I'm thinking. I'm not sure. But Casey, Although, to- Casey Tomato has a, a great comment. He says, there is enough pie to go round. Pie spelled P-I. Get it? Get it, folks? Well, well, there, There is enough pie to... Uh, okay. I can't, and I don't, I, and I don't even know where, uh, Where's the rim shot? I'm, no I, rim I'm shot. looking for, I've got it buried in here. It's because there's, there's, there's so much stuff I got to play today. While you're looking for that, Judy is watching us from Vernon, Connecticut. Morning, Judy. Um, hi. Great. So Judy, Judy and Mark, Mark are, are watching, mm-hmm. which means we should get, uh, 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 
to probably to some music. Should we do a story first? Let's do a story first, and then let, we'll get to, 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 to some of our music, because uh, this is very interesting. I want to start with the Christmas tree shortage. Okay. Um, it looks like in Illinois, anyway, I don't know if it's the same elsewhere, but they're saying people should get there, especially if, all right, let's put it this way. There's a place down on Fullerton Avenue, like a mile from here, where they sell Christmas trees outside, and it's probably already set up, and they're probably already, you know, they sell pumpkins there, too. It's a little lot, and the same people sell pumpkins, I think, in Christmas trees. Uh, if you get your Christmas tree there, you're probably not going to worry about anything. It's sitting outside for a long time. But if you want to go to these places where you cut it yourself, you pick it, you cut it, um, you better do it quick, apparently. And mm-hmm. and part yeah, of the... Some of them are only open for another week, apparently. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty amazing. Um, Let's see, in the Tribune article, around our farm as I look at crop available for harvest this year, says George Richardson, co-owner of Richardson Farm in Spring Grove. Uh, I see nice trees that are six to eight feet high. I can count up to about 5,500 trees. It's a lot of trees. But if I was going to be open until December 20th, like we used to be, I might need 8,000 trees to sell. We don't have that many. Um, he, he expects all of his trees to be gone by December 5th. That's next Sunday. That's a week. When, that's a week from today. Closing. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and a number of different ones talk about that, the growers, uh, and part of the reason is changing tastes that in the, back in the day, folks used to like, uh, Meaning 10 years ago when they were planting trees. Right, exactly. They used to like scotch and white pines. I can remember uh, scotch trees were the ones all the rage when I was growing up. Uh, now it's fir trees. The problem is, it's as you say, it takes 10 years to grow these things to get to the point. So they have to anticipate 10 years in advance uh, what trees they're going to sell. Um, and their drought. And... Well, well, that's it. There's a time in now. But yeah. in some places... They're talking about the drought that happened in 2012. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is when we talk about trees and when we talk with uh, Bartlett tree experts and Skeet and our friends from Bartlett about how long it takes trees to be affected by weather conditions. And it's also Rick DeMaio talks about this all the time. Weather has an impact that you might not feel for years. Trees is certainly one of them. And so some of these people are still dealing with the uh, drought of 2012, which slowed down growth of trees. Um, Another thing, supply chain issues. There we go again with that. Uh, People, uh, some people want the cathedral ceilings and, or have the cathedral ceilings. They want the 10, 12, 14 foot trees. Um, Yeah, because they're bringing in the big trees from Wisconsin and from from out of state and there's only so many they can transport. Yeah. And, uh, and if you're going to have a sustainable harvest, you can't cut all of them down. Mm-hmm. That's the other part of it. Now you you know, you're, you're leaving carbon dioxide in the air. I mean, there are some people who think, well, you, you know, is this a, a growing Christmas trees, a, a, a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, there's a debate on that because of the mm-hmm. chemical inputs to uh, Christmas trees, um, removing the carbon dioxide from the air when you cut them or, you know, leaving it in the air when you cut them. There's also apparently fewer local growers as well. So all of these uh, have led up to 
what we're dealing with uh, with the Christmas tree shortage uh, in Illinois. And, it, and I suspect it might be going on in yeah. other states. Yeah, uh, plus fewer local growers. I mean, just the fact that there's fewer people even selling them, planting and selling. Yeah. I would think goes beyond Illinois. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. That's our first story today. And and by the way, uh, I'll tell you, I don't know how long we're going to go today. Maybe an hour, maybe a little longer than that. Uh, we're going to give you guys a break know. as well. We'll give you a little time off today. So uh, enjoy. If somebody sends cinnamon rolls and donuts and, and holiday cookies, we might be on longer. Um, that'd be fine for me. And I should tell you, we have some CDs to give away. In the case of Joy to the World from Judy and Mark, it's going to be a download. But we uh, we have to figure out how we're going to give those away. I'm really not sure yet. I'll tell you what, we'll take advice, uh, you folks watching, uh, and just go in the chat there and let us know what you think is a good way to give away a couple of CDs uh, from each of our featured artists today. Let's start. Uh, but and before we get Nancy did clarify she's talking about cranberry sauce cranberry sauce in a can was never my favorite it was a family tradition don't forget that you make sure you slice it along the can lines of course how you can't slice it any other way I mean if you did it against the can lines then it would look like one of those slice it in half one of those ex- exercise things you use the styrofoam exercisers you know what and with a your what? with your yoga you know the they're they're cut in half they're round on one side and cut. Folks watching, no, you haven't used them, obviously. And by the way, Nancy, there's your uh, your Thanksgiving cactus blooming like crazy. In fact, it's all, some of the blooms are already starting to go. That was from uh, from our our listener Nancy Bender. All right, let's get to music here. Here's something from uh, Joy to the World. Uh, Judy Handler, Mark Levesque. Um I picked a few songs. This one is. A, uh, a traditional Russian carol. Um, it is called Christmas. <laughs> what? What's Sorry. the matter? K- Casey asked if you do yoga. Um, no, no, that no. I don't bend very well. Um, <laughs> I have I have no center of gravity either. There's uh, there's not uh, my. You know what my yoga is? It's warming up for golf with a golf club uh-huh. and then stretching uh, a little bit like this. Uh, let's get to this wonderful music from uh, Mark Levesque and Judy Handler. It is, as I said, a Russian carol called Christmas Candle.
and that's yes, lovely, isn't that great? There, uh, uh, one of the cool things about uh, the CD they did is they feature holiday music from all over the world: English, Welsh, Irish, Russian, Yiddish, French, Puerto Rican, Spanish, and Catalonian music, all on this CD here. Nice. And uh, that was that was very nice. I think we should just uh, launch into another song, a Bruce Henry video. Again, he has one. Let's get his out. I'll be home. They're for here in Chicago. And they, right. Well, and he, he uh, works, he kind of splits his uh, time between mm-hmm. Minneapolis and Chicago doing his various gigs. So he's a, uh, he's a busy guy. Although, as he said to me, um, it has been very different during the pandemic, which he's taking us kind of a vacation, which gave him a chance to to put uh, this mm-hmm. CD together. So yeah, let's which, listen to... Uh, which I'll also, you know, it you can you can get it on iTunes and other online as well. Good, thank you. Oh, yeah, and I should mention uh, they, they have websites. Bruce Henry's is uh, bruceahenry.com and uh, Judy and Mark's is Judy and Mark, spell out A-N-D, judyandmark.com. So uh, let's, uh, let's hear a little bit uh, from... Bruce A. Henry. Come on, y'all. Let's jump and shout about it. Yes, go tell it on the mountain.
Yeah. I think I, it, I, what I wanted to hear more of, Bruce, is uh, your falsetto. I mean, you, uh, you can really sell that. I mean, he's, he's got an amazing, amazing range. And, uh, 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 and by the way, when he sings Go Tell It on the Mountain, we, do, we actually do a, a version of that with my, my caroling group, the Frozen Robins. And um, quite often we sound like um, a bunch of white people standing around. Uh, not Bruce Henry. Uh, although I want to say, because I'm watching Deborah Stoutmolten, who's watching this morning, mm-hmm. The one time I can remember when we did Go Tell It on the Mountain and we sold that sucker was when she did the lead on it. I mean, she just ah. uh, went to town. So, uh, but back to uh, uh, Bruce. Great stuff. Bruce, Bruce says thank you, Sandra writes. Um, fantastic. Uh, well, we got more of that uh, coming up. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And uh, we're going to take a short break and then talk a, a couple of uh uh, uh, environmental stories, um, and, um, and, and, and figure out how to give away a couple of CDs. We got to figure out, I'll tell you what, I, again, uh, you, you guys watching us, let us know how we should give away a couple of CDs and, uh, we will, uh, we will figure that out. Like I said, Peggy and I are just having fun today. Um, and drinking it, our coffee. Hope you are too. I'm, I've got, uh, or your tea or your water or your smoothie or well, your, or leftover pumpkin pie, which is uh, sitting Drinking here. Drinking leftover pumpkin pie. No, no, I'm eating left with with my coffee. It's like I'm doing okay. a. I can I can I can multitask. It's hey, the great thing about playing music is I got two minutes or two and a half minutes of song. I can have to a bite of something. Pie. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> I can wander around. I can no, I'm actually doing some other work here too. Yeah, but. I already walked out once and came back. <laughs> oh, so because uh, I had to get my. Uh... Oh. When we come back, you got to plug the December issue. We're definitely uh, uh, and and Alexandra's making pralines, so she's making pralines while she listens. Let's get back to some more conversation and some more music. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we'll be right. Starting seeds with fluorescence. Let's talk. You've used fluorescent bulbs for as long as you can remember to start your seeds and they work. We get it. Or you look at alternative lights to start seeds and the fluorescents are noticeably less expensive. We get that too. But I'm here to tell you, you and your plants deserve better. It's time to take seed starting to another level. Here is why a good quality LED grow light does so much better than those fluorescent bulbs. Your seedlings will get a better start in life with stronger stems and no legginess. Not only will they have stronger stems, they will be stronger overall in order to fight off disease. You can get them in the ground faster because the cycle time for growth can be shortened. You will save money overall because you can grow better quality plants in a shorter amount of time with much less energy than you use with fluorescence. And now for something completely different. Holy night, late December, back in 1 BC, t'was the night of the nativity, what a baby, what a night.
loved him as he shouted out with glee. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, you'll go down in his story. You'll go down in his story. They loved him, yeah, yeah, yeah. They loved him, yeah, yeah, yeah. They loved him, yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. You need your jingle bells. You've got the you've got the real deal there. I got to get me some of those. Wow, but that that's blowing out the microphone there. Okay, Al. Okay. Let's get rid of this. Ah. So, uh, <laughs> welcome back to the Mike Nova. That is your holiday for the day. And those of us, those of you listening on the podcast, have no idea what's going on here, but uh, <laughs> that could be a good thing. Yeah, that I think so. Um, I think you should tell us. Uh, we, you, you spent the week. You see, you didn't really have a week off. Peggy, because you were putting Natural Awakening Chicago magazine together. So you might as well be able to tell us what's going on in the December issue. Dun, dun, dun. There you go. Hot with off can- the press. With candles. With right. candles. Nice, nice natural cover. So Natural Awakening Chicago magazine, December 2021 issue. Woohoo! Is hitting stores now. Um, will be available for download and viewing tomorrow online at nachicago.com but um it's our end of the year issue we've got wonderful tasty recipes oh boy i got the whole screen yeah you got the big screen here (laughs) but um we've got some really interesting stuff in here um you know as the weather's getting colder and we all want to stay or a lot of us want to stay inside or many people want to stay inside you know it's really important to get outside every day um, get outside, see how the trees are changing, what the sky is doing, what the birds are doing. Are there sandhill cranes overhead? What's the weather like? In other words, winter is no time to hibernate. And we've got a really interesting article by um, a local writer, Brendan Corhane. And actually, this is a picture of him kayaking in Antarctica. Ooh. So we've got some really good motivation tips for how you get yourself moving in winter. How Wait, you get how, no, I thought, I thought you were going to say how you get yourself to Antarctica. Well, that too. We got to talk to him. But, yeah. you know, just how do you get out every day? Wait, it's so much easier in the summertime, but you can. Yeah, it is. Getting outside in the winter is it sometimes more. It's even more invigorating. Um, mm-hmm. Not just the weather. It's just that because everything's different. It's it's really different to see things change over the years. And I seriously, I think that that really helps people connect more with be it a prairie be it a woods be it wherever you happen to be mm-hmm. um and then cheryl devore who writes for us every month and we've had cheryl on the show and we'll probably be having cheryl back again and she uh, oh. is one of the people who've been covering the belbo prairie mm-hmm. uh situation out at uh, rockford uh, chicago rockford international airport yeah, so Cheryl's got a great piece this month, a little bit different from what she typically writes about local nature, um, but it's related, nature and environment book groups. Um, ah. So she has interviewed Stacy Ivanicki, who heads up the Of Books and, I'm sorry, I'm drawing, I, I'm not reading that correctly, Of Bogs and Books, not Of Books and Bogs, Of Bogs and Books, which is a book discussion group okay. headquartered at Bolo Bog up in Lake County, ah. but it's open to anybody. It's virtual. And do they, do they, they sit in the bog while they read the books? Um, they might have their computers there. Yeah. Yeah. No, just, <laughs> you can, 
Yes, perhaps. And, 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 and hip waiters and, and read books. No, there's right? there's a there's a walking trail. Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad. Volobog. But it's based at Volobog, and um, it's just a lot of great ideas for nature books that to give, to enjoy yourself and to give this season. Um, and what different environmental nature book discussion groups are covering. And, for example, Go Green Illinois and a lot of the subgroups, Go Green Winnetka, Wilmette, Highland Park, Northbrook, all have book discussion groups for online. Um, the Aurora Public Library also hosts a book club. So Cheryl kind of takes us down that path. And then we've got a lot of, like I said, recipes. We've got everything from low-sugar recipes to plant-based to um, gluten-free recipes for mint chocolate crinkles and mocktails, which could also be cocktails, should you choose. Mocktails. Uh, mocktails, yes. Mock- it's a mock cocktail. Right. So it means But you could also add your vodka or whatever. And, oh, okay. And make it into a... A true cocktail. A true cocktail. Yes. I w- okay. So, I w- all right. And there we go. Chicago.com. Now, you should know that only the print edition is available right now, at least until, what, December 1st? Um, it'll go live tomorrow. Well, oh, the online? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I thought it was later. So it goes live tomorrow. All right. Yes. Yeah. So, so folks who can't get to... Uh, a location to pick up the uh, the hardcover, and of course, it's uh, always paper, never glossy. Whatever, what is your phrase? Never glossy, always green. Uh, never glossy, always green. There we go. Uh, so uh, get and, a copy. And if I can put another plug in, and it's the same as as for the show, support our advertisers because that's what pays for us. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? When you see when you see uh, Bartlett Tree Experts here, or Happy Leaf, or Blazing Star. Um, or even the frozen robins, um, uh, do, uh, do what you can to, uh, help them out at, you know, at the very least pick up the phone and say, or, or send them an email or, or, or go to their Facebook page or whatever and say, I heard about you on the show. I think you're doing great work. Uh, and it's, even if you can't buy a product, um, that helps us out. Um, yeah. and there was something else uh, along those lines I was going to say, and I can't, you know, uh, when it comes to plugging things, um, I'm really bad. Oh, I know. You mentioned earlier it was iTunes. Um, yeah. We don't really tell folks to listen to the podcast very often, but it's out there. It's on iTunes. I mean, on Apple Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. We've got, uh, you know, 36,000 downloads and counting uh, of our, our podcast. And, um, and, uh, and if you're listening, please give us a rating. And hopefully it's a high rating. But yeah. please give us a rating if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening on Spotify or some of the other places we are, because the more ratings and comments and feedback also helps. Stitcher, uh, Sandra, Sandra reminded us, Stitcher, uh, also uh, um, TuneIn Radio. I mean, we're on all yeah. Google, Google Podcast, all of them. We're on all of them, basically. Lumpen. So, so uh, well. There we go. We should mention Lumpen as well because they are having L U M P E N. Right. And that's 105.5 uh in Chicago. Um and uh, I was listening to our show at 8 a.m. this morning. Now obviously it's it was from last week, so it's a it's a repeat. But uh um now I gotta find the Lumpen radio. They're having a celebration um coming up. Let's see if I can actually find that here. Uh, got 
caught off guard with that. There are just so all right. So, here we are. No, it's it's okay. It's their thirtieth anniversary celebration, um, and and I and Lumpen Magazine as well uh, on December 9th at the Chicago Cultural Center, um, and um, there's going to be. I had no idea they were that old. I didn't either, but that's. I think that's mainly the. Um, uh, magazine. It's a fundraiser auction and party for the 30th anniversary and the, the 20th anniversary of the Public Media Institute. Uh, we need to put a link up there. It's um, I can send this to you, Peggy, if you don't have it. No, I think I said it to you uh, the other day. Do you ever, did you see that? Anyway, there's uh, uh, they, they call it a once in a 30 years night of delicious food, drinking, dancing, and um, and friends, um, they'll be toasting Lumpen Magazine's 30th birthday, Public Media Institute's 20th anniversary, Co-Prosperity Chicago's Quince, five continuous years of live 24-hour FM broadcasting on Lumpen Radio, and uh, and other things. Uh, and uh, like I said, they're going to have an auction, um, and uh, if you happen to donate to Lumpen Radio. New donations will be matched up to $50,000 by a generous grant from the Reva and David Logan Foundation. So, And according to their website, Lumpen is a nonprofit community radio station located in the Bridgeport neighborhood of Chicago. You can hear our radio signal throughout Chicago at 105.5 FM, as you've said, or tune in anywhere from our website, which is lumpenradio.com. WLPN-LP is operated by a community of volunteers, DJs, curators, producers, writers, and organizers who work to connect you with the music and ideas we think you will love. Yeah, it's it's true community radio, uh, and and that's why I'm I'm happy we're we're on it. And you can hear our show uh, Sunday mornings at eight a.m. and uh, go to Lumpen Radio. Is it dot com or dot org? Dot com. Dot com. Lumpen Radio. L U M P E N. Lumpen. I just posted it in the comments, but I don't see anything on their website about the event. So, uh, well, um, I can you uh, did you find the link? Because I can send you, or I'll I'll tell you what I'll play. Yeah, it. yeah. Could, next next song, send it because I'm not seeing it in my email. Um, well, then uh, maybe uh, that's what we should do here. Maybe we should just uh, play uh, another song, uh, and let's do. Let's see, what have I got next? Uh, ah, in honor of. Hanukkah. Uh, let's do a Hanukkah uh, song. Uh, this is uh, uh, one I'm actually familiar with. Oh, Hanukkah, oh, Hanukkah. That <laughs> says it all right there. Uh, Judy Handler and Mark Levesque. Uh, so let's just uh, get right into that. Thank you. 
And we finish with you and uh, Kathleen there on a in stroll. the snow. In the snow, <laughs> <laughs> gotta like that. Uh, I see my I, uh, my Thanksgiving cactus made it in there too. Uh, yep, uh, some of the uh, the the photos uh, you sent me there. I'm looking and, at that and the klotzky baking. Yeah, I was wondering what it was uh, that was a photo of. It was of. the start of klotzkys. Uh, uh, last year. Yeah, that was last year. So it was a very small batch. Okay. Year, um, am I going to get a batch of kolachkis this year? Uh, you make uh, world famous kolachkis. <laughs> um, I had some for you last year. I never saw you, so I enjoyed them. <laughs> That's <all>. true. Remember, <laughs> I I gave you uh, a a present. Uh, I think in July of this year, from from the holidays last year. Like I think yeah. that's when we first saw each other uh, after the uh, COVID thing. Um, and I think I have something else for you now too. Um, and I and I can't even remember because those, the months just kind of go by. You go, was I supposed to deliver something? Did did something like that happen? Um, or- yeah, I think um, cutting off your Mingarelia at some point was on the list. Uh, am I supposed to get you a, a Mingarelia? Oh, well, I've got some babies here. Um, mm-hmm. I will definitely uh, pass those along. All right. And if uh, you, did you send me that email? Because I don't see it. Oh, 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 oh. Well, I was busy uh, doing stuff. Okay. <laughs> okay. I next was, next commercial break. Next commercial break. No, no. Let me, let me just send it to you because I've got it uh, right here. And it'll take just a second because um, I popped it up before. Here we are. There it is. Let's just pop this. Don't mind me, folks. I'm just doing stuff live on the on the show and sending off yeah. emails to uh, Peggy. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Dan Costa writes, so rare to hear these songs from other nations and cultures. Nice music. Uh-huh. And Marcy, um, who we've had on the show, perfect music for me to pack as Christmas teas. Hey, Marcy, do you want to pop your link up as well so folks can order some of your teas and herbs and baking mixes and soup mixes? That would be great. If you could pop that up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Marcy, who's been, uh, uh, as you mentioned, uh, on our show, she's got the best stuff. The best. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my really goodness. good soups uh, and mixes uh, and herbs and teas. And Martin uh, uh, Lautinen Raleigh is Marcy uh, Lautinen Raleigh. And uh, we should uh, get her link. She even made up that the uh, member of the Mike Novak show tea a couple of years ago. When yeah. We had her on. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I would love to hear uh, from you. Get uh, let's get that website out there to folks as yeah. well. If you can, you can track Pop that, that up. And while while you're doing that, I can tell you about this uh, other story that um, I wanted to get here, and it is also about trees. Um, interesting that we're going down the the tree road here. Um, the uh, this was in the New York Times, and this is something we have actually discussed on this show. Many. I've been talking about this at least a decade and a half, um, and uh, it's surprising that it hasn't caught on yet, and people are just beginning to find out that this is a problem, and it's your wonderful Bradford Pear. Oh, Bradford Pear, oh, Bradford Pear, you're planted much too often. Oh, Bradford Pear, oh, Bradford Pear, I hope your sails, they soften. Um, and the, the headline in the New York Times is, A tree that was once the suburban ideal 
has morphed into an unstoppable villain. Well, it's not as if we didn't know about this. Uh, in In the article, they write, beginning in the 1960s, as suburbs sprouted, oh, by the way, the uh, I, the uh, Rick Rojas writes this story in the New York Times. Beginning in the 1960s, as suburbs sprouted across the South, clearing land for labyrinths of cul-de-sacs and two-car garages, Bradford pears were the tree of choice. They were easily available, could thrive in almost any soil, which is a problem, I guess, now, and had an appealing shape with mahogany red leaves that lingered deep into the fall and flowers that appeared early in the spring. In fact, in Logan Square, um, you see them all the time in the spring. Uh, there's, there's, they're all over the place. You see them everywhere. There's the white flower. So when you see the tree with the white flower, it's possible it's a flowering crab. Most likely it's going to be a Bradford pear. I mean, if you're looking from a distance. Um, Uh, And now the downsides of the Bradford pear, Rick Rojas writes, were subtle at first. Its white flowers, as pretty as they were, emitted a fetid odor. (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. Can't wait. Ah, that smells almost fishy. (laughs) But as the trees aged, more and more negatives emerged. They had a poor branch structure, leaving them prone to snapping and toppling in storms, sending limbs onto power lines, sidewalks, and the roofs of homes they were supposed to beautify. But the most far-reaching consequence emerged as pear trees began colonizing open fields, farmland, riverbanks, and ditches, and rising between the pines along the highways from Georgia up through the Carolinas, edging out native species and upending ecosystems. The trees grow rapidly, climbing as high as 15 feet within a decade. They can ultimately reach 50 feet high and 30 feet wide. You can't miss it said Tim Rogers, the general manager of a company that sells plants and supplies to landscaping companies. It's everywhere. I went to a conference almost a decade ago where the uh, environmentalists and, and, and conservationists were saying, you know, you got to stop selling these trees. It, and the landscaping industry was saying, well, you know, we've got inventory. We've got inventory we've got to get out there. So give us, give us five years. But I bet you can go to... Uh, one of those box stores in the spring and pick out a Bradford pear mm-hmm. or a, a, a different, it's not just Bradford. There's different cultivars too. Yeah. Calorie pears. They, yeah. they claimed they were all sterile, but they breed with each other with the different ones. And mm-hmm. now they're everywhere and crowding out native landscape. And South Carolina is becoming the second state to try to, to ban them. Ohio being the first. Yep. Uh, and uh, I'm just still stunned that we're 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 dealing with this okay mm-hmm. that it it hasn't stopped and uh, we haven't learned our lessons yet uh ami all right we need to play some more uh music i think it's time to go back um to uh bruce a henry and his cd i'll be home for christmas here's a tune that uh is a traditional tune but uh not necessarily the way he does it. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. 
Guy is good. Uh, he, it's it's a fun CD, and we still haven't figured out how to give a couple away, which we have to do um, before we get out of here. So, um, time time for some brainstorming, uh, Peggy. So, yeah, I think um, just look for a couple suggestions from people of uh, you know people are talking about what they're baking, what they're cooking. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Give me a um, suggestion for a way that you plan to make the holiday greener or you already mm-hmm. have. Okay. Uh, or, well, and by greener, more sustainable, uh, healthier, uh, all of that. Something that uh, you're, you're planning to do or, or have done. And yep, uh, we've got a couple of CDs to give away here. So, yeah. All right. And we got some more talking to do. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're going to take a very short break. And we'll be right back. A big hello. From all of us here at Bartlett Tree Experts. Whether we're up in the trees, on the ground, in the office, or in the lab, we really do love our work. We feel so lucky to share our passion for trees with you. And we want to say, Thank you for choosing us as your tree service. We look forward to working with you. Season's greetings. Feliz Navidad. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. And And Happy Happy New Year. Year. From spring seed and soil treatments to summer foliar feeding to fall stubble digesters, Blazing Star provides microbial tools from tiny biologicals for natural and organic farmers. They have solutions for home gardeners too. And Blazing Star offers agroecological education and consulting 
especially for permaculture work in Zones 4 and 5. Learn more about these great folks at blazing-star.com. And welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Now, it, it's hard to say how far we'll go here. I think maybe uh, maybe a half hour more. Uh, that'll give us a chance to play a few more tunes and uh, talk about some more stuff, um, uh, including a story that I saw. Uh, this was in the Washington Post. How climate change and extreme weather are crimping America's pie supply. Dun, dun. Say it ain't so. Um, no! Excuse me. What? Uh, I had to cough. I, I, oh, I, sorry. I had, I'm uh, typing at the same time, so I wasn't watching. You, you weren't watching. Um, it says... Um, for months, supply chain issues and labor shortages have been putting the squeeze on Mike's Pies. This is out of Tampa, Florida. Not your pies, but a company yeah, called right. Mike's Pies. Yeah, right. A company. No, not Mike's Pies. Believe me, the, the Washington Post is not writing about me, okay? <laughs> but just to clarify for our listeners, you know. Yeah, it's a popular commercial bakery uh, that's been selling pies from Mike Martin's mother's recipes for three decades. Uh, but climate change is heightening those challenges, and uh, many of the ingredients in Mike's pies, wheat, berries, honey, soybean oil, among numerous others, have been hit hard by climate and weather effects, including droughts, wildflower, wildflowers, wildfires, and power shutdowns around the world. That's sending prices soaring. And combined with a scarcity of workers and other hurdles, is causing mayhem throughout the global food supply change. We are cutting every order that we ship. We can't fulfill the obligations, Martin said. Wow. This is amazing. Um, Yeah. uh, And they had a big issue with graham crackers, I saw in that Really? I missed that. Oh, 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 you mean in this this art? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that that because of the special flour that goes into ah right 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 crust. yeah, it seems it says uh, stocks of seasonal items from entrees to desserts are significantly below pre-pandemic times with meat and pies at the highest risk of being out of stock entirely. Um, food prices, as you know, are up, um, and and the whole thing about inflation is 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 kind of interesting because. Um, the uh, the the doomsayers are saying, "Oh, inflation! It's going to kill us here." Well, guess what? A lot of people have, not everybody. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to to judge, but the pandemic mm-hmm. cut back on things people bought to some extent too. So mm-hmm. there's more income, and they also got subsidized to some degree from the government and from their the businesses they worked for. So, and it's to be expected. After a p- pandemic, this surge in prices, this is this is not the fault of anybody. It's a fault of COVID primarily um, because of the supply chain being blocked and, and different things going on. It's a very, very complex issue, but to point at it and, and, and not to point at it without context is is really dangerous. So, yeah, some things are seeing uh, the prices go up and pies. I had. Um, yeah. Uh, no idea. 
So um, this and again, all of these articles are at mikenovak.net. I, yeah. I, I posted them. Whoops. It, now, right. another thing is, so these are pies. Now, this is a Southern Pie Company, so it's mostly going to Publix and Winn-Dixie and, and a lot of the major grocery chains. But we're going to see the same things across the country. So I just posted a link under the Buy Local. Um, if you go to a lot of the Midwest growers and millers, um, Janie's Mills, a lot of the other ones, you can go to graincollaborative.com and get links to supporting local farmers, local Midwest farmers, local Midwest millers, and get um, get grain online. I don't know what their supplies are like, but you're making your own then, and you're supporting local. And you're not going to the big box store to buy the pie that's coming from somewhere. Yeah. And or I'm, not coming from somewhere. Yeah. I heard almost none of that because I was uh, looking at some of the comments, but I'm sure it was very valuable information here. I was saying, make your own pie. Oh, Support right. Midwest growers. Go to sure. graincollaborative.com to find online sources for flours and grains and other baking supplies. Yeah, no, you're right. Because we've talked about their flour, they're out. We've talked about them on the show before, and uh, that's that's a great idea right there. I'm looking at some of the uh, – and Andrew, do not ask me if if you're going to ask who won the Michigan Ohio State game. I'm just going to play "Hail to the Victors" again. So, you, do you really want that? I don't think so. I don't think anybody really wants that. Um, no, once uh, enough. So Jeannie says uh, we're not using outdoor lights. The three ever trees in the garden become Santa gnomes. I like that. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's a good one, uh, Marcy. Says, got an artificial tree this year made from recycled plastics. Much to my hubby from Wisconsin's chagrin. <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, but artificial trees, if you're not throwing them out every year, I mean, I'm still using when the years I put the tree up, I got mine in the early 90s. It's the same tree. Well, you know what my Christmas tree is and has been now for several years mm-hmm. is my eight-foot-tall Schiflura. I, br- I I drag it in, all 100 pounds of it from the outside. I don't have any plants that tall, so. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have a plant that tall because, and then I just throw some lights over it. you got to be careful because the Schiflura leaves will bend a little bit, but they, they'll bend, but they'll, they'll handle it. And, uh, and boom, I mean, I, I do miss the smell. But the smell lasts only for a little while, and then you're worried about the thing drying out. And you got to, and then you got needles that are dropping, mm-hmm. and then you got to dispose of it. And when I do dispose of trees, I don't. T- please, if you have a real Christmas tree, please don't throw it in the garbage. Mm-hmm. Please, um, all sorts of tree tree recycling at the end of the season everywhere. It's, it's, it, that is what we call low hanging fruit, or you just cut the limbs off yourself, which I have done. And then you throw them on your garden as mulch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that will add to the nutrients you, in the soil. You put the tree out in the yard for habitat for the birds and critters. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, uh, uh, well, listen to this. Bruce says he's coming back from the Illinois game. Uh, north going north on 57, so he obviously uh, celebrated. It must have been uh, celebrating that victory, Illinois victory. Uh, but I'm I'm glad he's he's listening in the car. 
listening to mm-hmm. us uh, uh, do the show. The, the wonders of the inner tubes, man. There's nothing you can't you can't you can't do. Uh, and so, and Diane. Diana says um, she and Nick use a small artificial tree she bought back in the early nineties. Yeah, you know, reusing is a is a big big part of this. I mean, we reuse our Christmas ornaments, right, or whatever holiday. Whether you celebrate Hanukkah or Christmas or whatever, you're reusing. Just you don't put up you're... a tree for the winter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, those are those are are great suggestions. I think uh, to start. Um, so I've got three people's names written down so far for well music here. Okay, I want. I think Jeannie and Marcy definitely uh, are going to get CDs. Okay, now we have to figure out which one gets which. Um, we got two of each to give away. So Jeannie and Marcy, let me know what you want, and uh, we will we will make sure you get them. Uh, and in fact, uh, we should probably go, uh, before we go to, uh, another song, probably go to, you, you sent me a very interesting story, uh, about corn in the history, yeah. history of corn. It's called a Thanksgiving history lesson in a handful of corn. Um, mm-hmm. and this is a New York times article. Um, from November 22nd of this year, a Thanksgiving history lesson, a handful of corn. The cornmeal that's become a staple of the holiday table reflects millenniums of work by Native Americans. No, wait, wait, wait. I got to stop you there. People are trying to keep alive. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Millenniums, okay. millenniums in the New York Times. Wouldn't it be millennia? Millenniums of work is right here in the New York Times. I know. M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-U-M-S, right in the subheader. Uh, so the New York Times has given up on um, the correct version of the word millennia. Huh? Okay. I don't know. Millenniums. Okay. I okay. Don't it, know. All right. I guess it's just like stadiums and stadia, right? Alumni and alumnus and alumni. Well, yeah, but those are, there's four of those. They're all the people still use those correctly, I think. But mm-hmm. I have not heard millenniums, and certainly not in the New York Times. But Continue, s'il vous plaît. Ah. So this article is talking about um, corn, obviously. Um, in September, Danielle Hill Grenadier harvested 200 to 300 ears of hard red kernel King Philip corn she'd planted in the Mashpee Wapanog Tribe's community garden in Massachusetts. Um, although it was her first crop, Miss Grenadier, a tribal member, likes to say that the corn came back to her. And the article's talking about how some of these ancient corns or fairly ancient corn varieties um, that were very specific to native communities um, have been dying out, but talking about how corn written into genetic codes of areas and the whole history of the areas and how some of the native groups are now trying much to, to be bringing these varieties back. Um, you know, it says actually here, unlike deer or cranberries, maize wasn't just there for the taking. Its long history of cultivation goes back at least 9,000 years, according to archaeologists. Through selective breeding, indigenous peoples living in the Balsas River Valley, south of Mexico City, turned a crop called Teosinta, Teosint, 
a wild grass with little value as food into a crop bearing large ears, uh, bearing ears of large, closely packed kernels that were dense with proteins and other nutrients. Um, this new strain had been altered so naturally, so much from the occurring grass, it couldn't survive in the wild. Neither can its descendants. To keep any line of maize from dying out, farmers have to plant it faithfully, keep it far from any other variety, and save some kernels for next year. So there are um, various heirloom varieties that right now um, they are really trying to be bringing back. Mm -hmm. Um, And this article is kind of interesting how European settlers quickly learned to appreciate the local maize they acquired by theft and trade, but not so much the people, yet the corn has survived. And there's a lot of efforts right now to be bringing back a lot of these original corns, corn varieties. Um, company called True Love Seeds, a company that um, has a rematriation program and trade with other tribal members who want to grow the corns, etc. Uh, it's a long article. So yeah, it's it kind is, of and, 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 it, and it, it's, that's okay. But it's it's all about getting back to roots uh, again, mm-hmm. and and a staple that was cultivated by uh, folks in Mexico. Um, and and the idea of turning that grass, what it what it started with, and and what it became, it mm-hmm. to me is is fascinating. How do you get that uh, a grass into the thing with, that becomes corn with the ear and right. the, the cob in, in right. there? That's that's just amazing stuff. It's uh, uh, yeah, the symbiotic relationship between corn and humans yeah. over the not millenniums but millennial millennia M- millennia whatever. Hey, it's the New York Times. It must be. Must be right. They must have got. Kathleen was going to do a, uh, a either an article or a book about she and and she and she started collecting things uh, about all the times the New York Times got it wrong, uh, got the mm. English language butchered the English language, and she was going to write a book. It happens. Uh, it happens. I know because you got editors and stuff, and people miss stuff. Typos and, happen, ty- but they're not all typos. Okay. Uh, millenniums is not a typo. I can guarantee that. That's right in the subhead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, right in the subhead. And anyway, she said, uh, "I said you got to you got to do this book." She said, "Hey, I want to get work again someday." Okay, so uh, <laughs> she's a freelance writer, and she thought, "No, probably like mm-hmm. uh, poking the bear is not uh, a good way to get future work." So, mm-hmm. I, although I think it would have made an excellent book. All right, let's let's do another song here. Um, uh, let's get back to uh, Judy Handler and Mark Levesque. Uh, this one is an Irish one. It's actually uh, uh, a carol that my group does as well. You don't hear it a lot, um, and, but you've probably heard of it, uh, called Christmas in Killarney. Thank you. 
I'm handing you no blarney, the likes you've never known. I won't uh, sing anymore. I presume Legata has left the room. Oh, Legata is long gone. Legata is <laughs> long, long gone. Um, oh, I wanted to get uh, to something here. Uh, a couple of stories. Uh, one serious, not, other not as serious. Let's start with the serious one, and then we can wrap it up with something a little lighter. Um, it was something I mentioned to you the other week, and you said, "What are you? What are you talking about?" And it is. Uh, was I found it in National Geographic, and uh, this is was in the midst of COP twenty six, uh, as as that was going on. It was a story about controversial renewable renewable air quotes, quotes energy source trees. All right, the idea that uh, millions of tons of wood pellets. Each the length I, of a... I.e. ground up trees. Right. Well, and, yeah. And well, other stuff. Where, where do you think they come from? Uh, the length and of, other stuff. Um, <laughs> they're replacing coal in Europe. Here's the problem. They're billed as clean fuel that helps countries meet their renewable energy targets. Um, and it's a rapidly growing industry. Uh, right now valued at $50 billion in uh, 2020. Um, the lot, here's the logic. And they're see calling if, it net zero. See if you can spot the flaw. Um, as long as forests are allowed to regrow after trees are cut and burned, the carbon dioxide released by burning will be absorbed by the growing trees. It's a net zero transaction, proponents say. And the European Union and other governments um, have accepted the argument wood is considered a zero emissions fuel. At the smokestack, burning wood actually emits more greenhouse gas emissions than coal. But critics of the biomass industry say a complicated global system for, uh, for counting emissions has created a loophole. Countries are not required to count the carbon emissions emitted by wood-fired power plants. That allows woody biofuels to flourish as a climate solution nevertheless. Mm -hmm. And earlier and this then... year, 500 scientists sent a letter to the world leaders warning that logging forests for bioenergy would undermine the fight against climate change. Yes, think. Go ahead, Peggy. Most, um, it says, yeah, and it's actually not too complicated to understand why scientists and environmentalists say burning wood is not a simple net zero exercise. The most fundamental problem is one of timing. The biomass industry argues that emissions caused by cutting and burning trees are offset by the trees that grow in their place, but trees take a long time to grow. Yeah. It's like you draw down your checkbook, you create a debt in your account. The study estimated the carbon payback time for wood burning range from 44 to 104 years, depending on the type of the forests. So here we are trying to solve the carbon dioxide problem in the atmosphere and countries in Europe and the United States, because they're part of it, because they're selling them, uh, are, 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 are working on loopholes. Let's, let's figure out how we can get around this um, and, and, and still burn stuff. Um, 
wow, it's just a, a head scratcher. It, 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 it really, really is. Um, and uh, I think we need to do uh, a, another song here. And then I think uh, I, I want to get to the, uh, the article that I hope you had a chance to look at, Peggy. Yeah. The, um, uh, where is it here? Bird feeders? Yes, the bird feeders, because it's possible you've noticed that in years. I don't know how much you, you pay attention. Uh, to that stuff all the time i've been watching a couple of downy woodpeckers out on the suet feeder this morning yeah uh and downies are mentioned in this article as uh being you know uh one of the ones um uh that are our particular interest uh i want to play two more songs i'm going to do one more um uh by judy and mark uh, kind of switch the order here and then do one to wrap up and we have two two more CDs to give away. So a couple more ideas. What do you, what are y'all doing to be a little more um, and sustainable Robert, this holiday? Yeah. Robert says uh, green light for clear cutting. Yeah. You know, clear cutting. Uh, don't get me started, especially if it's old growth, you know, and part of, part of the problem with that story we we're just talking about, they, they plant those trees to be harvested within a couple of decades. That's, that's the idea. And then, cause then, then they're just making, the, the wood chips out of them, the pellets out of them. So they say, well, we, we they don't have to grow. And by the way, they're sucking carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere as they're growing. But you know what? A mature tree does that a lot better than one that's 10 years old or 20 years old. So, it, and as you pointed out, Peggy, um, there's that lag. We're burning now, but the savings from carbon dioxide isn't going to yep. be realized for 40 or 50 years at best. Yep. So. Yep. yep. Well, profits now. Uh, same with prairies. Yeah, profits now. Yeah. All right. I want to uh, play uh, another song here. Uh, as I said, uh, there's a couple of. This is a, a really fun one. This is not uh, a necessarily a uh, traditional song, uh, but it's it's a tradition in the United States, um, maybe from the fifties, <laughs> since since the nineteen. 19- <laughs> 50s uh, by Mark Levesque and Judy Handler, and I'm just going to play it, and I think you'll recognize the tune.
Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe Jeannie's going to get that CD. Yep. Um, so, and so, Marcy's going to get one of Bruce's CDs. That's right. And, and let's see. Greg says, I saved the fleece trims left over from my work projects to replace ribbon. No wrapping paper needed. Nice finishing touch on the Thanksgiving foodie gifts. Good, good for you, Greg. All right. That works for me. Greg's getting a CD too. We got one left to give Let away. Let us know which one you prefer, Greg, or which one you'd like. Not prefer, they're both wonderful, but which one you'd like. All right. So we got one more. Who who can give us what else they are doing to make a more sustainable holiday season? It's it's not hard. It's not a hard question. Uh, all right. Let's go back uh, to the uh, feeder war. Uh, this is from the Audubon Society. Um, and uh, the subheading is when it's time to eat research shows there's a pecking order and the winners aren't always who'd you think now I have to tell you about uh, my I'm I'm about to I've been using the suet feeders in the back I know you've got all kinds of feeders I sort of do one at a time here I can't handle all all the different feeders at once but uh, I'm going to move the. And I was going to say sorry for that link I put up. I can't shorten it, folks. So you get this whole long blah blah blah. Uh, which, <laughs> sorry. which which link is that? The Audubon link. It keeps wanting. I keep trying to shorten it. It keeps making it long. So yeah. you might okay. be able to do just feeder war and get to to it. Yeah. Uh, it says uh, feeders might seem like friendly spots where chickadees, finches, woodpeckers, and nuthatches can kumbaya over a good meal. But that couldn't be further from the truth. That would be interesting to watch. Yeah, it would be. Well, in mine, again, it's usually 10,000 sparrows. All right. And then what happens is the um, the downy woodpecker will come and chase them all away. And the sparrows will like, because mm-hmm. apparently from this article, downies, they're tough. Um, they're, they're, they fight above their weight. It says here. Some of the winners were a little more surprising. For instance, downy woodpeckers were feared because despite their small stature, um, and Miller's convinced it's because of their formidable bills, which mm-hmm. are used for hammering into trees and could double as battle gear. Battle so, gear. Okay. Battle station. Exactly. <laughs> the also, also hummingbirds. Um, oh, yeah. They need to feed regular, right? So they have to feed like every fifteen minutes. So uh, they're like, get out of my way, okay? Yeah. Um, Although downy woodpeckers versus hummingbirds, because downies will go after the nectar feeders. Yeah, they will scare off the hummingbirds. Will they? Okay. At least, yeah, and and then the yellow jackets come along and scare them all off. So they did some comparisons <laughs> here: uh, American goldfinch versus black-capped chickadee. Now. If I see a goldfinch, I'm like, yeah, it's a goldfinch uh, in my yard. I'm smack in the middle of the Chicago, of Chicago and not near uh, uh, a... You, you know. have a lot of goldfinches. I've heard them in your neighborhood. Well, I don't see them. I see them sometimes in, in the backyard. Um, and uh, it says both of these birds are low on the feeder totem pole, but goldfinches have a slight edge in size. Still, black-capped chickadees are far more aggressive than American goldfinches, meaning they tend to get the prime spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an int- I like this one. 
Morning Dove. Yeah, this ver- next one's surprising. Yeah, Morning Dove versus House Sparrow. And uh, I haven't seen any Morning Doves in my yard in a while. Because your Cooper's Hawk came by. Uh, well, I haven't seen any pigeons in a while. I saw one finally the other day. We used to have them just like all over the place. I'm wondering if that Cooper's Hawk scared them off. I have no idea. He's probably patrolling the neighborhood. It could be. It says morning doves are known for their passive natures, so their overall dominance score is far weaker than their bulk suggests, yet they can beat out house sparrows, which weigh about as much as a slice of bread. Um, <laughs> although, although they're a lot more aerodynamic. Yeah, really. Well, <laughs> go figure. Uh, and then there was the, uh, see, you get jays. I do not, but I do get starlings. I get them both. Yep. Yeah. So it says these two species are perfectly matched despite blue jays' heavier weight and bullying nature. Um, the introduced species starlings don't often neatly fit into a predicated pa- or predicted pattern. He thinks this might have to do with how successful they've been at thriving in new environments. So apparently that it's it's a standoff between those mm-hmm. two. And then they have the raven versus the American crow, the pelated woodpecker versus a red-bellied woodpecker boy or is it is it yeah, the, red, the red bellies will will the downies and the hairy woodpeckers will take off when the red bellied comes by that's the pecking order on on my suet feeders for sure ah okay so the thing i like about the suet feeder and even though i'm going to put the seed feeder back out there is the suet feeder is really entertaining because the crazy sparrows will hang upside down uh, getting into it and then and then they twist around in as the thing goes around yeah. and, and so. so do the nut hatches and the chickadees they'll hang yeah. upside down and everything uh, that, else on them. that's that's pretty entertaining gotta admit all right is there anything else you want to uh get out before we i think we're we're going to say goodbye yeah i think we're, we're i think it's no i'm going to give people a break they don't have to, to sit through everything today so uh, uh let's see and then we Let's see. We got a couple people here. Deb says, I ask for paper bags from the grocery store, save and plan to use as wrapping for holiday gifts. I'll draw on them to make them look festive. I do this instead of buying gift wrapping paper, which is made out of hard to recycle mixed materials and go straight to the landfill. And Diana says, I reuse the dirty water in my plants from our angelic organic CSA veggie baths. By the way, we also now get Sitka salmon shares after hearing about them from your show. Ooh. Thank you, Diana. I love Sitka salmon share. They are just the best. Um, well, here's what I'm going to do. Um, uh, Deborah's going to get it, if only because she just beat out Diana in getting the comment in. So uh, we'll figure out which CDs we have left. We had two of each to give away here. Yep. I've got I've got them written down here. Who's who's requested which? Um, Greg wanted the uh, Santa Baby. Judy and Mark. Mark. So uh, Deb, you're going to get uh, Bruce. Bruce A. Henry. Yeah. So we'll we'll follow up with Jeannie. Maybe you send us a Mike at MikeNovak.net. If you could send us a note with mailing address. Yeah. And I think we have everyone else's emails that we can track down. Yeah, and uh, we will. Uh, uh, make sure you get uh, the CDs. And by the way, go to my website, mikenovak.net, and I've got the links uh, if, in case you just want to purchase one of these. And I hope you do. That's part of part, part of why 
we're, we're doing this. Oh, oh, I, yeah. I need I needed to play something before we go. I meant to do it as we get into the holiday season. But listen, it's a contract, isn't it? Oh, sure. We've got a contract, no, no matter how small it is. Hey, wait, wait. What does this say here, this thing here? Oh, that, oh, that's the usual clause. That's in every contract. That just says, uh, it says, uh, if any of the parties participating in this contract are shown not to be in their right mind, the entire agreement is automatically nullified. Well, I don't know. It's all right. That, that's in every contract. That's, that's what they call a sanity clause. <laughs> you can't fool me. There ain't no sanity clause. One of the best ever. One of the, be- the best. And, and for all the folks who are cooking uh, during the holiday season, don't forget to use... Real butter. All right. So I've got all the favorites. I'm, I'm, I'm purging myself of all, all the mm. favorites here. There's, there's one I'm going to ask you for after the show that we'll, we'll get the uh, YouTube... The, the YouTube. Oh, uh, that, that I don't have. Uh, that I don't have in in uh, the file. Not already? this morning, but yeah, there's 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 yeah. All right, we're it's not going to. We're not going to do uh, uh, our usual uh, send off with uh, the Muppets. We're gonna we're going to have uh, Bruce Henry play us out, as they say uh, in the biz. Thank you all for watching this morning. Uh, thanks uh, to our artists, and uh, let me hold up their CDs one more time. I'll be home for Christmas, Bruce A. Henry. Uh, joy to the world, Judy Handler and Mark Levesque. Uh, you can do a lot worse than to uh, pick up uh, each of these. Uh, get your get, copy, go to the website. Uh, this is like Plug City. This is See, this is the commercial holiday. We are a commercial program. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit the, the, the bejesus out of this uh, show for uh, the various uh, places that it airs, um, especially the, the low-power FM stations who are i'm not allowed to do any advertising that so would this, be lumpen radio wrwo uh right and uh and lumpen um yep uh so uh thank you all for paying attention and <laughs> not falling asleep and and baking <laughs> while while baking while we're doing, right and getting the jingle bells out and for and for using real butter okay so um and 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 seriously as we said please you go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe and download and give us a rating and help raise us up in Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher. We'd really appreciate it. All right. There's our commercial part of our program. Now let's get to the entertainment part of the program. Everybody have a great week. We will see you next Sunday again with uh, meteorologist Rick DeMaio. We'll be back and probably I'm I'm looking at a book right now that uh, I think we're going to be talking about. All right. So until next week, go green or... Go home.
Christmas Eve will find me where the love light leads. I'll be home for Christmas if only in my Dream. 